0: hello welcome to app philosophy weekly episode nine the place where we discuss all the latest apple tech news and rumors of the week so before we get the show started i'd like to introduce chris and praveen so uh chris thank you for joining back thanks for joining this uh thanks for joining back to the show and also uh yeah thanks, thanks for joining
1: yeah, it's glad. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, and
2: also, yeah, welcome Praveen to the to the live stream, and welcome to everyone else who's listening. Right,
0: and before, and also before we get this show started, be sure to follow us on Instagram at O A P P L E O S O P H Y, and you can give us a follow on Twitter. And if you want to keep up to date with the latest Applosphy YouTube videos and live streams of Applosphy Weekly, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube okay so the first thing we'll be talking about is Apple release released two new iPads okay so Apple released the iPad Air and the iPad Mini a new iPad Mini okay so let, the first thing we'll be talking about is the iPad Air okay so Apple so as the recording of this episode Apple released a new iPad Air okay so this iPad I'll say is between the just the iPad and the iPad Pro. It's kind of like the iPad in the middle, I guess we can say. But it's available in silver, space gray, and gold, all the regular colors. And you can, and the iPad Air starts at $500. Okay, so it's kind of like between uh, the iPad Pro and iPad in that lineup. Um, so, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the iPad Air? Uh, do you really think it's the device kind of in the middle between the iPad and the iPad Pro?
2: Mm, No, I think it's kind of just a a waste of a release, to be honest, because I was hoping that, you know, they'd have, you know, more juice to the, you know, the the mix. And although, you know, it's just my personal opinion, I think that they haven't really delivered something that, you know, can be, um, you know... Mm-hmm. So different and revolutionary that you know they it deserves its own pl- product slot, and so I think that's why they didn't have a keynote for it. But I also think it, you know it was still a bit of a waste um, to be doing it on you know their part, especially when you know there's a lot more things that I think they need to focus on, things like Air Power AirPods too, and also the manufacturing of the current AirPods because a lot of places still have them sold out and stuff. So, I think there's a lot more that they should be focusing on rather than, you know, providing a new product that doesn't really have a market at the moment.
0: Right. So, my thoughts on this is I think the iPad Pro, I kind of see the iPad Air as a model just between the iPad and the iPad Pro. It's kind of like that people, like, you just, like, I just think, um, it just, I think it just depends on, like, the power you need out of the device. I kind of see it that way. But I also see the iPad Pro, sorry, the iPad Air. Like, I really, honestly, I really don't see it. Like, honestly, I don't know what could be used. I think I just see it I just see it out there. Um, but just to talk about the iPad Air. So the iPad Air comes with the A12 Bionic chip with the neural engine. Uh, it has a 10.5 inch Retina display with True Tone, support for Apple Pencil, and the smart keyboard. And it's just. Weighs one pound and it's six point one millimeters thin. Okay, um, and yeah. So, praveen what are your thoughts on this uh, iPad Air?
1: Okay, so well, I though my uh, opinion side, uh, kind of um, disagrees with what uh, others think. I think that it might be a kind of a smart move, as uh, well. We have two mainstreams. We have the iPad. The budget iPad, the $330 one, which starts at $330. And then we have the iPad Pro starting at $800. They had the second generation iPad in the middle. So the second generation iPad, it was aging. They couldn't really have it named as the iPad Pro since it wasn't up to date with the specs, right? So I think that's why Apple released this new iPad Air to match the specs to drop out that iPad Pro second generation. So we have a proper mid-level iPad.
0: Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from, um, but yeah, um, so just to talk about uh, iPad Air performance again, again it comes with the A12 and Apple Pencil, okay, so I can see that being helpful for people, but my question is like, why can't I just get the regular iPad, because it supports Apple Pencil, I guess, well, the thing is with the iPad, it does, the iPad I believe comes with the A10 chip of I, I think I'm correct. Let me double check. Yes. So the iPad comes with the A ten fusion chip and the iPad Air comes with the A twelve Bionic chip. Um so I think the difference in both devices is that it is number one, iPad Air has a like a little bit larger display than the regular iPad and iPad Pro. Sorry, the iPad eleven inch uh the iPad Pro eleven inch and then um I think I just think it's a an iPad for people that just don't want the A10, maybe they want the A12, just maybe something faster. Um, okay, so now we're gonna be talking about the iPad Mini. So Apple this morning has also released the iPad Mini. So this iPad Mini has a 7.9-inch Retina display. It also includes a A12 Bionic chip. Oh. And what's also cool is it support. It has Apple Pencil support. Okay. Um. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on the iPad Mini?
2: I think the iPad Mini update was definitely needed because while the other one, uh, the iPad itself, or the iPad Air, sorry, didn't really have anything new apart from specs, I think that having the Apple Pencil on an iPad Mini is, you know even better because you're able to, you know, truly use it as like a notepad device if you wanted to, that is. And that's something that, you know, hasn't been available before. So I think offering that, um, feature is definitely, you know, something that people would be interested in, but I still think that, you know, they still need, um, a more significant hardware change, um, than just adding support for Apple pencil. Um, before they can officially, you know, market it as a brand new, fresh of the, um, of the line product, and I think, you know, that they'd be good to try and make the iPad Mini something like, um, the iPad Pros with the, you know, edge-to-edge display, Face ID, and, you know, every little, you know, bit of technology that they can try and fit into it to make it, you know, an affordable, but, um worth it and use
0: the device. Right, um, so my thoughts on the iPad Mini is I kind of see it as a device like, I don't think it's a device that like, because the iPad Mini is about, like, it's pretty small, let's just say it's, like, you can compare it to a plus, to a plus model iPhone, or a max iPhone, like, it's that small, like, people compare it to phones. Um, but I really see the iPad Mini good for, like, businesses, actually, and, like, hospitality. Like, I can really see it using it as, like, I can really see the iPad Mini, like, used as, like, POS systems. Like, I could, like, I could see a lot of uses out of the iPad Mini, but um, I, at the same time, I'm glad that Apple did update the iPad Mini, because I, I believe it really needed update for a while. And I did believe there was still a market for it. And, yeah, I'm glad they updated it. Uh, Praveen, what are your thoughts on the iPad Mini? Uh, just give your input on it.
1: Well, I do agree with you about how there's a still a market for it. And the iPad Mini, well, I think it's still it's following kind of like how the iPhones are. We have a small iPhone that's really expensive. Then we have the medium-sized iPhone, which is cheap. And then we have the large iPhone, which is even more expensive. So the iPad trend is starting to follow the iPhone trend as the, the iPad Mini is... Uh, the smallest iPad, but it starts at 400. Then we have the medium-sized iPad, the iPad 2018, which starts at 330, and then we have the bigger iPad Air that just came out. So I think it's trying to follow the uh, iPhone trends right now. And we have to, um, these iPads all use the iP- Apple Pencil first generation, I think. Am I right?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, so it only works for the first generation Apple Pencil, I believe. I don't know if it works for the second generation.
2: Um.
1: Yeah, I don't think it might. I.
0: Th- I'll get back on that later.
2: Yeah, I don't think it would just as well because it wireless, wirelessly charges. So unless you have, you know, something that can charge the pencil separately, I don't think you'd be able to use it fully.
0: Right. Oh yeah, so it's probably, yeah, you're, you're right. So the second generation iPad, sorry, the second generation Apple pencil won't work, but the first generation will. And uh, both pencils are still like great. Um so talking about the iPad mini again, so the iPad mini starts at three hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Um so uh the storage it's sixty-four it starts uh it's available at sixty-four gigabytes and two hundred and fifty six gigabytes of storage, okay. Um but just like with any regular iPad I could get it with Wi-Fi and then Wi Fi plus cellular which is another hundred dollars added. Um but overall, uh, just to give my thoughts about uh, uh, this week, the, uh, the release for these iPads, I believe that, honestly, I'm really I'm confused, like, where the market, like, I'm glad they released the iPad Air, and I can see where they're coming from, like, kind of iPad in the middle, It just, I don't know what type of people will buy it, let's just say, because Apple already, already offers the regular iPad, which I think it's, I think it's good enough, but I can see it as just a device between, uh, the, uh, iPad and the iPad Pro, and the the, I, the iPad Air kind of fills that spot. Oh, that's how I see that. Um, but Chris, yeah, like a bridge. Right. So, do you, Chris, do you see it in that point of view?
2: Yeah, I mean, my view is pretty much the same as yours, isn't it? In the fact that you know, it's not something that's changing the product lineup is just you know a filler product basically and you know they've been pretty discreet about it so it shows how it doesn't really matter to Apple as much as you know the major iPhone lineup would be or you know um, a, a proper Mac refresh or um, iPad release or something like that because with this it's just you know um, adding refinements to a current product rather than you know changing something entirely and if you get what I mean and so right, the technology right. is still pretty much the same and it still does the same thing and so I think that's why they haven't um, done a keynote or anything like that, it's just because there's nothing to really market apart from you know oh it's got you know slightly better screen slightly better processor and support for Apple Pencil so yeah, my view is pretty much the same as yours and
1: Praveen what's, what's your view on this? well i would have hoped for apple to release at least a slightly lower price maybe the starting price a couple dollars lower than the usual trend seeing how you know after their quarterly sales and they're they're kind of dropping and they're not as great as uh, it would be and all the devices are getting more expensive tim did say that he would start looking at reducing the prices of devices and i at least expected the ipad mini to be slightly cheaper i feel that it's slightly overpriced for 400 for such a small device
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, but I see. yeah, because I
2: mean, the the iPad um, Mini, like I I've got one right here in front of me, and you know it's not something that I'm using all the time because it's amazing. I'm using it because you know it's you know part of the, my office and how I'm you know got my workflow going. Whereas if I had an iPad Pro or an iPad Air, I feel more inclined to you know use it um as you know kind of like its own product and having uh its own uh kind of usage whereas this is just plugged into my desk all the time so i can see where you're coming from on that and the fact as well like you said that the screen is so small i feel that you know you shouldn't be paying you know 400 for something that you know is old technology i could understand if they put a new Liquid Retina display and you know added Face ID, but they haven't done that, and so I don't think that there was really a need. But
1: the the iPad Minis do do start at four hundred. Like the first iPad was the only iPad that started uh, iPad Mini that started at three thirty. The iPad Mini 2, 3, 4, they were all at four hundred. But this one seems overpriced now, especially since we're getting a ten point five inch iPad for just a hundred dollars extra at five hundred dollars. So it just makes the iPad Mini seem more overpriced
2: yeah and the fact that they haven't included anything new in terms of technology is also a demonstration to that
0: sorry to interrupt you but the thing about it it does include the a12 chip and i think in my in my opinion i believe that's how i got that high price point was because of the chip oh what do you guys think on that they did update because it does include the a12 chip which is like the latest chip apple offers so what
1: are your thoughts on that? I completely agree with you, like, I completely agree with you, but the thing is, like, it, I'm not saying it's overpriced, it seems overpriced, because the exact same technology on the inside is available in the 10.5-inch iPad, which is 500 just just $100 extra, you get a much larger screen space, so I think the only person who would buy the iPad Mini who really, really needs the iPad to be that small.
0: Yeah, okay, I, I see what you're saying okay so we're gonna be moving on to a new topic to a new topic now so the next thing we're gonna be talking about is uh, Apple so basically Apple has announced the Apple March 25th event okay and the tagline for this year's March event is it's showtime so this gives us the idea of um, what Apple could potentially announce which is a streaming service on March 29th so the Apple March event is on March 25th, 2019, at 10 o'clock a.m. California time. Uh, But, Chris, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, Are you excited for the event? What do you think they're going to announce?
2: I think, you know, they'll have your typical stuff normally mentioned around this time. So, new iPads, new Macs, um, also potentially some... You know, new technology in terms of um, wearables, maybe as well, and hopefully, fingers crossed, there'll be an update on where the hell Air Power is. But you know, that's probably just a little bit of a wild card, considering that they've kind of been dormant about Air Power since you know they've mentioned it. So it's kind of just down to you know what we've what's been going on in the past years, and I think that. It'll still be, you know, following the same formula of new iPads, new Macs, and then it'll have WWDC where you have, you know, the new um, iOS um, 13 and, you know, the new technology there, and then it'll go forth to um, September where you have, you know, the main iPhone and watch release as well.
1: Okay, so... We uh, we do expect them to announce their new streaming services, right? Uh, yes. The videos uh, streaming service and the news subscription service, if I'm not mistaken. So we see all uh, these uh, different services moving to a streaming type uh, strategy right now instead of a one-time price. And the, if we take a look at Adobe, for example, they give out their creative... Uh, their creative apps on their Adobe creative platform. And th- that used to be a one-time payment type of thing, but now it's a streaming, it's like a subscription service. So Apple's starting to foray into these type of subscription services. So we might even expect, you know, maybe that, uh, their creative apps like Logic, uh, Logic Pro and, uh, Final Cut, maybe they might shift towards subscription based models instead of, uh, the one-time price. But uh, I think, what, what are your thoughts on subscription-based services uh, compared to one-time payments? I just want to know.
2: I think they're really annoying because, I mean, you buy a product expecting to be able to use it for its intended purpose. So you buy a graphics laptop to be able to do graphics, and you expect it to come with graphics software to do, you know, what it is, graphics. And I think that, you know, you... Having to buy the technology and then also additionally have to pay for, you know, the, you know, software that you're trying to get on it is, you know, a huge, huge pain in the ass. Because expenses into trying to find the right software and then also keep paying that recurring payment rather than just, you know, getting it all in a box and being able to use it whenever, wherever, for however long you like. And that's the reason as well is that, you know, freeware, I think, is going to... Um, spike up a bit because people won't be wanting to pay, you know, twenty dollars a month for a subscription to Bloomberg or fifty dollars a month for the entire Creative Cloud from Adobe. And yeah, that's just my thoughts on it. But I mean, there are probably people who will pay for it, but the those costs will probably be covered by a business in terms of you know, um, mm-hmm. people you know on a on a job and living you know, with a, um, or working with a company, sorry.
1: I guess the advantage versus disadvantage of a subscription service compared to a one-time payment is with a subscription service, you have this flexibility. So if you try out the, the software or app, for example, for a month or two and you don't like it, I can shift over to maybe Adobe or some other type of platform. And I don't, I I don't incur that much of a loss. But if I'm gonna stick with a software, then in the long run, I'll be paying more than compared to what I would usually pay for a one-time payment.
0: So my thoughts on the Apple system. so, um, so I just like, I just want to talk about like the content format I expect from Apple, just like how they like how they do it. So I I th- I can see them doing it as like, um. So the format I can see them doing it is maybe, maybe offering it in the Apple TV app possibly, or, like you know, what I mean like adding like the streaming, like, and the streaming service to the Apple TV app. Uh, can you can you see that happening? Or or do you see it as like a separate app?
2: I could see it being implemented into the current TV app, and you know, being something that you'd pay with, similar to how you pay with um apple music so you'd buy a redemption card and then you scan the code in and whatnot but yeah i think that it'll be interesting to see how they do it whether it'll be a um you know a standalone app that you download after you've paid for it or whether it's something like the tv app where it's included default in the ios system
1: i have a feeling it might be integrated because uh i think in the new samsung and LG TVs that are coming out this year Apple is integrating iTunes and AirPlay 2 into them, right? So maybe this is a sign, maybe that was a sign that they would allow their services to run on uh, Samsung and LG TVs and maybe other platforms too.
2: Yeah, and also playing on from that as well, thinking about it from a marketing type point of view. A user would probably be more inclined to pay for a TV subscription service. Um, you know, should it be there by default rather than them having to manually search for it in the app store. You know, if they wanted to subscribe to it. So I think it'll be kind of subliminal um, marketing on their part to include it in the iOS system and then encourage it like they do with um, the Apple Music. So offering student discounts and um, three-month free trials and things like that as well.
1: Do you think a uh, student discount might be there for the subscription news service? I have a feeling it might. Potentially,
2: yes, just because um, they already currently offer student discounts on, you know, some of the subscription stuff. So, um, Apple, Music's, uh, yeah, Apple Music and some of the products themselves on the Apple website. But I think, you know, it's a little bit iffy because there could be a stage, uh, system where they have it set up. With stage one, would be where everyone just pays, you know, the same price, and then they would implement something that would mean students would get a discount, and you know, maybe veterans get a discount and things like that as well.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I can what, what what I see is I can see them adding it. Like so, with Apple Music, I know if the student discounted and like add it right away. I think they like waited a few months to add it, but I can really see them adding it like, I don't know when exactly, but I can see them maybe potentially adding it like after they release it maybe, kind of like, maybe like wait and see, I'm not too sure, they'll probably release it at the same, if they did do a student discount, they'll probably release it at the same time, um, but the question is, how much will the streaming service cost, like like what content will be offered, there's just so many questions we have, we'll have to wait until next week, um. until the Apple March 25th event. um.
2: Yeah, and I mean, because I, I was looking on the News app the other day, and I saw that I could subscribe to Bloomberg News on the News app for about $28 a month. And so I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they price that, because whether it'll be, you know, like Apple Music, $99 a month, or whether... Or not ninety nine dollars a month, ninety nine dollars a year, or whether it would be something you know where you're trying to, um, you know, do it per channel or per per movie or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because Apple is going to it's supposed to announce their magazine subscription service. So that's yeah,
2: all. and and also um, just while we're talking about it it would be interesting to see whether they'd have different tiers because, you know, like with Netflix, you have um, different tiers where you're able to have, you know, four screens, um, HD, and I think about six users on it or something like that. I'm not too familiar with Netflix's services, but I, I wonder whether they would implement something like that where they'd have kind of a tier-based subscription service rather than just a, a universal subscription based service
1: right speaking of Netflix uh, do you think there might be a conflict of interest as Apple owns Netflix and they're starting their own video streaming service potentially because I mean Netflix is already really
2: popular among you know most adults and teens and so I think Apple once again being kind of late to the game would mean that they're at a potential loss. But with the way that Apple has the marketing done, I'm pretty sure they'd be able to kind of lift it off the ground. But it would take maybe a little bit more time than, you know, what your regular um, streaming service would be. So if you kind of catch the the drift there, that's kind of my standpoint on it and my speculation.
0: Okay, so the next thing... um, So... moving on topics now so the next thing we're going to be talking about is apple wwdc 2019 okay so apple has announced wwdc 2019 uh so if you don't know what wwdc is it's the apple worldwide developers conference okay and wwdc 2019 has been officially announced on the apple developer website but the motto for this year is write code blow minds okay and the event this year is from june 3rd to June seventh, in San Jose, California. Okay, so uh, you're, you're probably asking what, like, what are we gonna expect in WW19, WWDC W WWDC Night twenty nineteen? So, here's what I expect. I expect for them to announce iOS twelve. Um, sorry, not iOS twelve. iOS thirteen. <laughs> um, so I expect them to announce iOS thirteen, watch OS six, uh, macOS ten point fifteen. Um, basically, all the software, announce all the like the next software um, in Apple's uh, in Apple's timeline. Um, but uh, Chris, what do you expect for WWDC ni- uh, 19? Um, for me, I expect to for it to be mostly software an- announcements again this year. Um, but what are your thoughts on this?
2: Well, I mean, like I was alluding to earlier, I don't think that they'll have anything majorly um, hardware-based. I think what they'll try and do is focus on, like you said, the iOS, macOS, watchOS, tvOS um, side of things, and they'd maybe potentially try and, you know, um, bring in the idea of wearable technology in terms of, like, AR glasses and different um kind of things that they've been working on because, you know, it's a developer conference and so it's um, a chance for them to show off technology that they have been making and, you know, would be potentially interested in, you know, trying to make into a full product. So I think there'll be, you know, a mixture of things unveiled in terms of software, but I don't think any hardware will be released.
0: So Praveen, what are your thoughts for wwdc
1: twenty nineteen. well the most the biggest thing that i'm really looking forward to is the ios 13 update and i really hope they do something with the ipad and kind of lessen the gap between the ipads and the macbooks especially now since the ipad pros i think they are more powerful than 75 percent of laptops out there so with these ipads having so much yeah, with these, exactly. Right. So with these iPads having so much power, they should bring in, they should like merge the, not exactly merge, but at least lessen the gap because iOS is really the ma- biggest restricting factor in what you can do with an iPad right now. And uh, I think that there's Apple also plans to do this iOS and macOS backend merger. So a developer can develop iOS apps and have them compatible with macOS and vice versa. So that is not expected soon, but after some time, right? But I hope they at least start off with baby steps and, you know, bring those two together.
0: So uh, Chris, so um, so for w- for WWDC 2019, um, so you don't expect any hardware, correct? Uh, yeah,
2: that's correct. I don't expect any and, hardware to be
1: shown off.
0: And Praveen. uh so you don't expect any hardware either.
1: Nope, no hardware expected.
0: Yeah, I I I I completely agree with you guys. I believe WWDC honestly should stay with the software. I just think that's what they're known for and majority of the time they announce uh software. Um but overall I think that it's going to be iOS 13. Mac OS ten point fifteen, Watch OS six, and a new TV OS version. But seeing like um like universal apps, I don't really know what to call them yet. But like like seeing uh, Mac apps work on iOS would be kind of cool. But um I don't believe uh, Mac OS should run on like the iPads or anything like that. But seeing them like compatible, uh see like Mac apps work with iOS apps would be kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, what do you got? Uh, Chris, um, what are your thoughts on that?
2: I think it would be interesting to for them to try and implement it in, because, I mean, when you have an app, you think about it being for that specific device. And I think, you know, having a bridge between them would mean kind of a more universal feel, but I think that um, the product lines would kind of get too mixed, if you understand what I mean. And so it would mean that, you know, you kind of lose that exclusivity of having a Mac app on a Mac and an iOS app being on an iOS device. Um, because, you know, if you were able to, you know, diverge and use different um types of apps on different devices i think it kind of you know loses the exclusivity like i said but i could understand from the standpoint of if you had you know the desktop fully desktop version of photoshop on an ipad i could understand you know that being um a universal app but if it was just something like a a a casual game or something like facebook i don't think you know that that should be something that's offered on, you know, the Mac App Store or the iOS app store as something that would be a cross compatible app. But that's just me.
0: hmm No, I, I agree with you too on that. Uh so what you're saying is kinda like they should be they shouldn't be like certain apps shouldn't be available for Mac like. Wait, is that is that what you
2: is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at, is the fact that, you know, you should have set product lines, and you should maybe have a couple of apps where there is potential for them to be universal, but then, you know, everything else is um, uniquely designed for its own interface. Right. Um, so, the... So
0: the... I want to talk about Spotify. I want to move on to a new topic now. So, let's talk about Spotify. Okay, so... Spotify... Let's just say they have been complaining recently. Okay. um. So, basically, Spotify is complaining that they don't want... Is that it's not fair. Like, Chris, do you want to explain this? Like, I can't, I can't even get it all out.
2: So, basically, Spotify is... Um, whining practically about Apple being controlling of their own app store and Spotify is saying that um, Apple should be doing more to give them um, you know more of money, uh, more of their money that they've earned through in-app purchases and so on and so forth. but um, Apple's come back and basically said, you know we're not changing anything and Spotify is you know wanting to, try and force um, kind of their ideals of you know being able to control their own app a hundred percent to their users they've actually set up a website I forgot what the domain is but it's you know basically a petition I think trying to get Apple to you know let Spotify have free reign basically and I think you know that's kind of stupid of them to do so because you know, Apple's Apple, they're not going to budge for one person or one um, kind of corporate entity, and, you know, it it may be, you know, kind of a world war of the apps, because Spotify could, you know, definitely try and, you know, make their own um, app processing platform or something like that, because they've definitely got the money to invest. I don't think, but, gonna
0: have, I don't think Apple's going to yeah. have that in the first place.
2: Yeah, I don't think that would happen either, but it would probably just continue with Spotify whining about how, you know, Apple's taking commission and things like that. When considering, you know, by publishing an app on the App Store and you have have in-app purchases, it's still, you know, inevitable that someone's going to be taking commission because at the end of the day, Apple has to make money with their App Store subscription service. And then... Spotify has to make money as well. So I think they should just kind of shut their mouth because you know They're just you know looking a little stupid at the moment by whining about it But I mean Praveen how how do you feel about this and what do you think about it?
1: Well, my point of view is kind of mixed if you look at it uh, Spotify is like getting scared as Apple music is starting to take more and more market share and They might soon surpass Spotify. So I think in you know, preparing for that they're starting to do all this outrage but also if you look at it apple allows certain apps like uber and they app uber and uh, lyft they can do their own purchases without uh going through apple system so apple doesn't take cut from that and i think spotify's claim is why can't we do that i'm not sure about that but i think that's where we're headed also another interesting thing about uh, apple and their app store i think uh you know, a lot of people are starting to feel that Apple has a huge monopoly with their app store being the only way you can get an app or software to run on your iOS devices. And I think even I think the Democratic uh, candidate for the 2020 presidential elections and some representatives from the United Kingdom uh, Parliament, they're all like campaigning, keeping how uh keeping their points in mind, saying that, uh, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on Apple, you know, taking away their monopoly with their App Store in iOS and macOS. So it's kind of interesting how this whole monopoly and how Apple controls their app. Uh, I kind of agree with Apple, though, as their uh, their points are privacy, right? And they can only have that level of security in their devices if they completely control all the software that comes through their App Store. So we'll see.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like you were saying, it's to the point of, you know, their payments basically going through Apple. And I think it's a bit, you know, stupid stupidest Spotify, like I've said before, that it's, you know, pretty stupid of them to be whining about it when, you know, like you said, Uber has their transactions go um, outside of the app store. And, you know, that's something that, you know, is pretty easy for Spotify to to do. You just implement something that, you know, uses um, PayPal or a credit card feature. And then, you know, you're kind of out of reach of Apple in terms of them trying to, you know, rake in commission. And so I think it's kind of pointless of them trying to, you know, paint Apple as a huge evil monopoly when it's an issue that can be easily worked around. And you know, I think, like you said as well with the Democratic um, candidates, I think it's just kind of stupid that people are saying Apple's a monopoly. It's not really a monopoly because you still have um, all the Android providers. You still have Samsung, Nokia, Huawei, um, and Motorola as well, and loads more as well. And they're not dominating as such. They're just, you know, popular because of the fact that they design a good product, and I don't think that they should be limited on that because of the fact that they design a desirable product that people, you know, want to buy. And, yeah, I just think that, you know, that's kind of a a miserable point to kind of bring up is the fact that, you know, because one company's doing something successful and they're doing it well, that they should take away, you know, kind of, um that credibility that they've built up, um, just because you know of the fact that they're doing well, and that you know other competitors should be given a chance when you know that's how capitalism works—the
1: strongest survive and the weakest fall. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see, though. Exactly, like uh, it's kind of uh, disheartening to see how politics starts to affect tech companies. It's it's kind of limiting our growth. Like, for example, I think when Broadcom the uh, wireless chipmaker, tried to acquire Qualcomm. Uh, if that acquisition had gone through, like, the merging of these two major chipmaking companies for Apple, uh, like, all this, and other tech companies, right? So, if they had merged together, it would... Yeah, yeah that makes total sense. Okay, so it
2: looks like we lost Praveen. Okay, so, well. um... Yeah, okay, so it's
0: alright. Um, So... Um, I'll talk about my opinion on the Spotify thing. So I, I believe that the um. So basically, I do believe they are whining. Uh, I just it's like I like I'm just to say it up front, I'm on Apple's side on this because it's their platform and they have the rights to do, and they have the rights. I believe they have the rights to charge Spotify the fees and to use their platform, because Apple provides the service. Will Apple provides the ecosystem will where customers can um, download the apps and i believe it's totally fair that apple takes a little bit of spotify's money um, to for them to use that app, the app store ecosystem because without the app store they wouldn't be they wouldn't be existing today um, but do you agree with me chris
2: yeah i mean i i feel the exact same way and the fact that you know if they wanted to, they could work around it, but then they're just trying to choose kind of um, the most protestful way of trying to, you know, get what they want, pretty much. And I think that's boisterous of them. And I think it could end up leading to, um, you know, Apple being more um, conservative of their technology and trying to, um, you know, hide or not hide, but um, limit the um, freedom that, you know, big app developers have because of, you know, people trying to, um, you know, whine and get what they want. So, yeah, that, that's my illusion.
0: Yeah, so the next thing we're we'll going to be talking about, um, so we're going to be moving away from the Spotify talk, So, but over- overall, um, just to give a summary from all of us, we're not a fan. Of Spotify complaining, and we really and we're on we're mostly on Apple's side of of uh, of things. So we're moving on to the last story for today's episode. So the last topic we're we'll be talking about is rumors persist of triple lens camera and square bump on higher end twenty nineteen iPhones. So the next iPhone XS Mac, and possibly iPhone XS will feature a triple lens rear camera system with a square bump. Um. Like the Mate 20 Pro, according to Japanese blog Makatara, citing, citing information from Chinese suppliers. This report uh, includes a few renders of what the design could look like. So, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on this design?
2: I mean, the ones that have been shown around the community, especially from, um, I think it was DigiLeaks, those designs, to me, are just abysmal, they're horrible, they're ugly, they're, you know, not something that an iPhone should look like, and, you know, having triple lens is something that, you know, is definitely doable, and can be, you know, put on an iPhone with, you know, some moderate engineering, but I think the way that these designers have envisioned it is kind of um, incorrect, especially with the fact that they did it in, like, a huge kind of square, when, you know, everything Apple Pro's renders are way more, um, concise and fluid with the phone, doing something maybe like a, um, a three camera formation vertically, so it's like a camera, then the flash module camera, and then, um, a separate lens module below, and I think, you know, something like that would work way, way more than how these DigiLeak, um, designers have envisioned it, and so, that's what I'm going with, I'm hoping that Apple will, you know, keep their etiquette going and not fall for something that, you know, would look totally ugly, so, fingers crossed for that, but then, it's also just the way that, um, other people, I think that Forbes as well did some reports on it, and, um, they were trying to paint it out like it was, you know, actual leaks from Apple. And so I'm just, you know, a little bit discouraged that you know people are thinking that this is actually going to go through, and that you know, um, I hope not because it is so ugly and I can't stand it.
0: Yeah. Um. So originally, when when the iPad when the iPhone came with two cameras with the iPhone 10, I thought that was ugly. Then I realized, um. Then I realized, I, I really I started to like it, so maybe one of those things will, like, like, adapt, like, adapt, if you know what I mean? Kind of, like, maybe like get used to.
2: Yeah, um. but, I mean, mm-hmm. what would that mean for something like um, a case manufacturer or someone who, you know, um, drops their phone? What does it mean for if that glass um, that protects that, you know, square... Breaks or something like that, and you'd have to well, pay five hundred dollars well, to.
0: Sorry, to interrupt you, but maybe they'll make it like stronger, like like you know how they're always like upgrading the glass and stuff like that with each model. Maybe they'll make the maybe the glass potentially like stronger, so that doesn't happen.
2: Well, I mean, the thing is, is the um the iPhone screens have always been a five or a six on the Mohs hardness scale, so. They haven't really developed any um, tough glass. It's just them doing some creative marketing, basically, because they say it's a sapphire glass display when actually it's just um, kind of a compound of um, sapphire. So it, it's not true sapphire because true sapphire um, scratches at uh, level nine, whereas you know these are scratching at level six, level seven. So it's obvious that something isn't right there and. If they were to do something like that, I'd hope that they'd um, stick to, true to their word and actually make something that would be um, a nine, so fully sapphire um, enclosure for this camera. Should it be implemented? Because you know it's a pretty big part of the phone um, when considering that you know it's going to be a huge square basically, and so it's a lot of exposed space because not, ki- uh, not many cases cover that um, camera because it's so essential.
0: Um, so Praveen, um, I think he's back online. So Praveen, oh. what are your thoughts on the, um, with the iPhone potentially having three cameras?
1: Uh, well, the vendors I saw had the the square camera bump right well apart from practicality and durability i think whatever apple you know designs to stick with uh, regarding the size or dimension of the de- of the camera bump i just think that people will first will completely hate on it like for example if we go back to the seven plus when they first when the first uh leaks of the dual camera setup got, uh came out and uh the iphone 10 notch when those leaked everyone was against it but then afterwards you know, people start adopting it and all the other phone manufacturers start copying it. So, apart from the right. you know, durability yeah. or uh, the uh, practicality of the design, I just think everyone's just going to copy it outright.
0: Well, they, yeah, like they always do with the phones. Exactly. Okay, um, so my thoughts about the 3 camera. I think it's a design that will slowly adapt, but we won't respect it fully. I guess that's just say. Um, but overall, I'm really curious how the three-camera design... I'm really curious how Apple did the three-camera design and uh, how that all play. Um But yeah. Okay, so that was the last story for today's episode. Um, Praveen, Chris, thank you guys for joining.
2: Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And, you know, Praveen, I hope you enjoy... Podcasting with us from now on and yeah, so thank you everyone for listening as well.
1: Yeah, thank you guys for having me too.
0: You're all okay, no for joining. So guys, if you guys uh haven't yet be sure to follow us on Instagram at Aplosophy, A P P L E O S O P H Y, and to visit our website at Aplosophy dot This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Alexa and Google Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening,
1: and we hope you have a great week.